<laughs> Thank you, Joel. <laughs> Thank you, praise team. Uh, it's your breath in our lungs. That's good. Uh, Thank you, Joel, for bringing it up. Hey, before we get started, um, I always ask this with our students, and um, I've never asked it in here, but I'm going to this morning uh, just because, uh, A, we have them, and uh, I want us to use them. But if you need a Bible, um, raise your hand. If you, if you don't have a Bible here, maybe it's at home or something like that, uh, you forgot it, but you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand on it. Okay. Guys, if you help me out, we got some Bibles here. Um, who else? Anyone else need a Bible? Come on. Everyone needs a Bible. Right? Um, here we go. Anyone else need a Bible? Okay. All right. So, if you need one, they're up here. I think we have a couple back there at the back table as well. So, um, grab one if you need one, all right? Uh, hey, this has um, been a roller coaster of a week uh, for our students. Um, we've had a student that, from Eagle Crest uh, that has taken his life uh, Wednesday, and a um, student that has uh, been to our student ministry before. Um, and so, uh, our students have been on a roller coaster of a week with that, and then you have the excitement of um, we have two city football teams that have uh, made it to another round of the playoffs, um, and so we have this this weird dynamic of of joy and of loss. And I wonder if there's someone in here that you yourself has had that same just kind of rhythm of in life to where it's been really exciting and really hurt, really sadness, or there's really sadness and then there's great joy. Um, this morning I wanted to talk to us about love. What is love? And I'm not talking about the song... Um, I know someone was going to go there. Uh, I know Kyle, he's probably already singing half the song. But what is love? What is love? Some would say it's a feeling, right? It's a great, deep, just, I love you. What is love? It's a decision, okay? I like that. I'm sorry? Chemicals, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what is action? I'm sorry? An act of your will, okay? You're going to have to break that down for me. Hard work. Sacrifice. Pure emotion, yeah. We always think it's like this emotion that we feel, right? It's a feeling. It's emotion. Um, and and it's, maybe it's hard work. Maybe it's a chemical. Maybe it's, it's when we, we verbalize something to somebody or it's a, an action um, that we do something for somebody, right? Well, I wanted to go to um, Scripture to find out what love was. Um, but before we do that, I want to ask you another question. 
What's the opposite of love? Anger. Selfishness. Indifference. Hate. Apathy. Idolatry. Love. What is love? Well, let's look. If you have your Bibles, if you just got a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Um, the words will be up on the screen, but if you have your Bible, turn there. Um, start underlining, start marking things, um, start writing notes out. Uh, if you need some paper, um, I have some paper up here in the front row. Uh, come up and grab some. Um, let's, let's dive into this. Our text this morning, John 15 I'm going to start in chapter, or I'm starting in verse 9, all right? John 15. Again, it's up on the screen. As the Father has loved me, I also loved you. So Jesus is talking here to his, his 12 disciples, and he's telling them, hey, listen, love. I love you just as my Father has loved me. I, I love, there's love here. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. Jesus here, he's talking to his, his, his boys, and he drops this word love he drops the word love a lot, and then he just kind of drops the mic. Hey, my father has loved me. I love you. You're going to be good. You're going to be okay. And he's talking to him about this, this word love. And he says, remain in, remain in my commands. Remain in my commands. And if you remember from a month and a half ago when I was up and I was teaching, and, and we talked about the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler, he, he approaches Jesus and he says, hey, listen, what do I got to do to enter your kingdom, right? And Jesus says, hey, listen, obey my commands. And this young guy, he, obviously he's got wealth, he's got authority, he's got power, he's got fame. And so he says, well, I've been doing that since I was a child. And then Jesus says, go and sell everything. Come and follow me. And see, Jesus is, he's pinpointing this. The problem is our hearts. Where's our heart at? So Jesus, he's flipping the script here on, on his disciples, and he's saying, hey, remain in my commands. If you love me, you will... Remain in my commands. This is my love that you would love one another. And then he says in verse 13, he says, No one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friend. So what if I said the opposite of love is not hate? It's selfishness. Would you agree with me? Selfishness. Often we are selfish people, aren't we? I'll be honest. Um, I'm a very selfish person. I am. So much so that uh, when I play card games, when I play board games, when I 
wrestle with my kids, um, when we're doing something, um, I, I will not lose. <laughs> and it's not to teach them that they're not always going to win. It's because I am not going to lose. I've been accused by some students when we play games and that sort of thing that I cheat. I'm not going to lose. I'm a very selfish person. When I was, uh, when I was in seventh grade, I was at church camp. And I know that for a fact that God called me into ministry. I didn't know what kind of ministry it was. Um, I could know very quickly it was not to do with anything with music or singing. Um, but I wasn't for sure what kind of ministry it was, whether it was missions, whether it was to be a pastor, whether it was to be a youth pastor, whether it was to be a children's pastor, which later in high school I knew that it wasn't to children because I can't, outside of my own children, um, I, I just, anyway. Um, <laughs> I knew that God was calling me into ministry. I surrounded myself with a, a group of, of older guys that would mentor me, that would walk me through um, life and just what, what it means to be called into ministry. When I got into high school, I knew that God called me into ministry, but one of my role models was a firefighter. My uncle was, um, he was a firefighter, and I looked up to him. Um, not only did I look up to him because he was a firefighter, but he had a nice house. Um, he had a boat. Um, he had a really cool truck uh, that pulled his boat. And those are some of the things that I wanted. I wanted a nice house. I wanted a truck that could pull a boat that I would eventually get. Um, and not only that, but fire, firefighters, they work like eight days a month. <laughs> I mean, who... That sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? And so I had this wrestling match inside of, inside of me of, I know what God has called me to do, but here's what I want to do. I um, graduated high school, went to a junior college, and in junior college, I knew that, again, I knew what God was calling me to do. I knew that God was calling me into student ministry. And so I took some Bible classes, and I even took Greek, which I know nothing about Greek anymore, except that it's Greek. Um, I eventually got to the point in my life where it's like, you know what? I know what God's calling me to do, but I'll do that after. I do what I want to do. And so I went to, I went to the, the Votech school. I spent four semesters there getting my EMT. 
Because in order to be a firefighter, you had to have your EMT in Oklahoma. And so I went, got my EMT. I'm trying out for the Oklahoma City Fire Department. I'm taking tests. Um, I test for Edmond Fire Department. I get a, a letter in the mail that says, hey, listen, you've passed your written test. Now you need to do your physical. And so I was excited about it. Um, one night I was at Meredith's house, and uh, they do this thing called fondue at their house. And um, just on a side note, fondue is... You ha- <laughs> the, way that, the way that they do fondue is they, they have like all these vegetables, potatoes, and some fruit. Um, not fruit, but uh, vegetables, potatoes, and, and some meat. And, and they stick it in this oil, and it, it fries it. Well, I'm, I'm like Joel. Hey, listen, if you're going to give me meat, give me a lot of it, right? I don't want little small pieces that I have to cook for, you know, this, you know, amount, this amount of time, that sort of thing. And so anyway, they have fondue, and so I'm like, all right, you know, cool. And, and so they have these little steak uh, kebab things, right? And uh, so I have my meat in this hand here, and I have the, the little skewer here in this, and, and and I'm working this, this steak. And it's hard. I can't get, I can't get it all the way on there. Because the last thing I want to do after I'm having to work to cook my food is now I have to fish my food out. And so I I'm, I'm want to make sure it's on there really good. And it breaks through the steak and goes right into my hand. Now, it hurt. I didn't cry. It hurt. My hand started swelling up. I have a test for the Edmond Fire Department the next day. I have to use my hand to climb ladders. I have to use my hands for sledgehammers. I have to use my hands to pick up, you know, these, this heavy dummy and throw them over my shoulder and run up a flight of stairs. I have to use my hand, and I can't. And so I wake up on Monday. I show up in Edmond, where I'm supposed to do all this testing at. I run the, the mile and a half Thankfully, I was in shape, much better shape than I am now because I did well. I got to the, phys- I got to the part where you work all the, the, um, the couplings to get the fire hose attached to the fire truck or the, the fire hose attached to the fire hydrant, and I got through all that. I did the sledgehammer where I have to sledgeham slammer this 50-pound weight across sandpaper, it felt like, um, about five yards. Um, and and I, I did everything. I went before the, everyone at every stop and I had the conversation with them. I passed. I was well on my way to be a firefighter. I could get the house that I wanted. I could get the truck that I wanted. I could buy the boat that I wanted. And so I'm sitting there for the next week and a half waiting. I'm waiting on the letter to say, hey, listen, you've made it to the next round. You, we want you to come in for an interview. 
And, and I, I knew that I was going to get that letter because my uncle was a firefighter. He was good friends with the Edmund fire chief. And, and I knew that I was going to get this letter. I knew that I was going to get a letter. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. You see, my story is, is that I'm such a selfish person that no matter what God was going to do, how he was going to call me, and what call he was going to put on my life, I was going to do what I wanted to do first. And then, hey, listen, one, one, I, already, I already made a deal with God. Hey, God, I'll be a firefighter, and then, you know, when, in my you know, other 16 days that I'm not working, I'll, I'll I'll go and I'll serve at the church and I'll be involved in the youth ministry and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll volunteer as a youth pastor and, and I'll do all of that. But this is what I'm going to do first. I think what Jesus here is saying, that, hey, listen, I don't want your leftovers. I, I don't want what you're going to do first and then give to me the rest. I want you to love me. And I want you to love me wholeheartedly. I was selfish. I wanted what I wanted. We live in a world where I would call it a fast food microwave society, isn't it? We live in a fast food microwave society. McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, those are things of the past. Now we got fast food like Chipotle, Qdoba, Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy John's is freaky fast, right? I mean, I can't even pay for my sandwich before they're like, here's a sandwich. And I'm like, what? But we want it now. We want it now. We're selfish people. You know, Eric Paulson, I've heard him say this multiple times. The one thing that you never, ever can get back is your time. You can go and make more money. You can re replenish your savings. You can, you can pay for things and get your money back, work a little bit more, but you can never get your time back. But that's opposite of what our world says. Our world says, hey, listen, you got it, and you got to have it now. You need it now. You should have it now. Why, why, why save for it? Just put it on your credit card and then pay your credit card off later. I mean, that's what Dave Ramsey says, right? Hey, if you're going to pay it, you know, put it on your credit card, and then make sure you pray, pay your credit card, you know, back right away. Uh, and, and that's wise. I think that's very wise and, and good. But what is God saying here? God's saying, hey, listen, love, love is sacrifice. It's not necessarily what you want. It's not always what you want. Let's look at verse 14. He says, if you're my friend, if you obey my commands. You are my friend if you obey my commands. Now, I think it's kind of a little presumptuous here, but 
Because looking back, he says, no greater love, no one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life. All right, now we're talking about sacrificing. I thought we were friends here. You want me to sacrifice now? Let me ask you with this. What did Jesus do? Greatest sacrifice. For a filthy, selfish person like me. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friend. For all things I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. This is one of my, one of my favorite verses. Because you can see the significance here of the statement of what the Lord is saying. Our holy master says you're a friend. You're You're not a a servant. You're not a slave. You're not somebody that he withholds from. But he makes known to you everything that his father has made known to him. We are God's friend. What else do we need? But because we're his friend, God doesn't actually want us to be blind. He doesn't want us to follow him blindly. He wants us to follow him in faith, in a blind faith, but also knowing that, you know what? He has already paved a way for you. He's already made a way for you. You see, that was tough for me. It's tough for me as a 18-year-old, 19-year-old going to college and knowing what God had, has called me to do, but yet here's what I want to do. So God, how did, how did these... How does this work? You know what? It's still hard for me as a 37-year-old. God, I don't see how this is going to happen. I don't, none of it makes sense to me, but I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to place my faith and trust in you. And here we go. God, God doesn't want us to just be ignorant and blind. He he wants us to trust him with blind faith, but knowing that in that faith, he's already made a way. He, He already knows the outcome. Verse 16. 16 is something that caught my attention this past week. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Not only are his believers his friends, but he chose them. He's chosen us and he wants us to be conscience 
of the fact that he chose us. Now, he's telling his disciples this. Jesus is telling his disciples this in the context of, of, of the scripture here. And he's, he's telling his disciples, hey, listen, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I came to each one of you and said, hey, listen, put down your net and come follow me. Hey, give up your family. Come follow me. Hey, do this and come follow me. He, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I chose you. It was your obedience of you choosing to follow me that you're here, but I chose you. I um I look at this and then I look at each and every one of you everyone in this room and I look at you knowing that God has chosen you you've placed your faith and trust in him you're following him You chose to follow him, but yet he chose you. What does that mean? What what does that look like? Well, if we keep reading, it's talking about fruit and faithfulness and um, fruit should remain and, and that sort of thing. Well, the fruit of our faithfulness lives in the fruit of winning others go together. The fruit of faithfulness lives in the fruit of winning others go together. What do I mean by that? Both the fruit of God and the one will, sorry, both the fruit of God will will help the faithfulness that God has, that you have God lends to you and he gives you fruit and that fruit will reach others. And I can look around at certain people that I've had conversations with and I can see the fruit growing in your life and how it's affected someone else and, and now that someone else is, is coming to church here and, 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 and maybe they've given their life to Christ, the fruit that you bear because of your faithfulness reaches others. And I want us to look at these words, win, develop, and deploy. Win. So what does that mean, win? I know that I've heard Joel talk about it. I've heard him say it. You know, and I, Roger, or uh, uh, Carl was just up here talking about developing and and. Deploy, and we just had a guy that just came home from deployment. Uh, what, does this, what does this mean? When? Church, I, I, I might be putting the cart before the horse, but in 2018, I want, us, I want to see us win more people than we ever have. I want to see us win more people than we ever have. And what does that mean? I want to see people come to know Christ because of you. Not because of me, not because of Joel standing up here giving a sermon. I want to see us winning people for Christ. Deploy. All right, so here we go. Let's get down to some nuts and bolts here. Deploy. All right, if we're going to win people to Christ, we probably ought to, we ought to, probably ought to know what we're doing, right? 
Yeah, let's, so let's look at develop. In 2018, man, I want to I develop. I want to equip. And I know this is the same heartbeat as Joel. I want us to be equipped people to where, you know what, when we're going to go out and win people to Christ, we know what we're going to do. We know how we're going to say it. We have what's up here and what's in here. I want to see us getting, just getting fed and then taking that, what we, what we get fed, and, and I want us to, to get educated of what Scripture says. I don't want us to be a bunch of illiterate Christians. I gave my life to Christ, and you know what? I pray, and, and I, have, I have, I mean, I read my Bible, but, you know, it's, it's kind of, some of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, like this Ecclesiastes and Lamentations, and, like, you know, I got, I got caught in there in my Bible study, and I, none of it makes sense to me. And, and so I just kind of quit reading my Bible for a couple of days, thinking that maybe I'd hear from God and what Lamentations is all about. And, and, and so I want us, I want us to be equipped. I want us to be educated. I want us to grow and then deploy. In 2018, Joel said it last, either last week or the week before. It, it's good to see everyone here. And it's good to see a lot of these seats filled up. But that's, that's not how we judge our success. It isn't seating capacity. It's sending capacity. And in 2018, I want us to send more people than we have people coming in. And you're saying, that's great, Ben, but I don't have the, I don't have the resources to go on a mission trip. You're right, you don't. Nor do you have the time to. So what does this look like for each and every single person in here? God has What does 16 say? He said, I, let's look. He said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I chose you. And you know what? He's chosen each and every single one of you to go into the hallways of your school and to share your faith. To the kids that are hurting, the kids that are, are depressed, the kids that are even contemplating taking their own life. He's called each and every one of you. Moms, dads, young 20-somethings, he's called you to go to your workplace. To go into the, the, the cubicle next to you. And to share your faith. To tell somebody. He's called you. He didn't say, hey, come follow me, and, and, and this is going to be a lot of fun. We're, we're going to hang out together. We're going to fellowship together. And, and, you know, after the end of the service is over, you're going to go home and, and live a comfortable life. But you, it's too easy to do because we're selfish people, isn't it? All right, God, I know you called me to go to that person down the street and to tell them about you, but I'll do it after I do what I want to do. 
after I watch this game or after I put up the Christmas tree or after I've, you know, whatever. It's too easy to be selfish. But God has called you. So, I want to wrap this up. Something I read this week, it says the mission of Jesus will not be accomplished by seminary-trained super-Christians. The mission will be accomplished as we unleash the ordinary follower of Jesus who who are empowered by the Holy Spirit to use their job, skill, and passion to engage in God's mission. If you want me to repeat that, email me and I will send it to you. And that way you can print it off and write it out and post it all over your house. But God has called you. This morning we're going to send you out on the mission field. Your workplace, your neighborhood, your school. Go. Now, I want to ask you one other question this morning. What is it God wants from you? What is it he wants from you? Maybe for some of you it's to quit being selfish. Maybe it's for you to give your life to Christ. What is it that God is speaking to you about? I'm going to ask Joel come up here in a second to stand up in the front. If you need prayer, or you want to pray and receive Christ, Joel will be up here. But I want to ask you also, what is it that God is speaking to you about this morning. If you'll just bow your heads with me. If it's to come to give your life to Christ, you might be terrified. But can I tell you that we will celebrate with you. We will, I'm I'm being dead serious, we will celebrate with you. I know it might be scary, it might be one of those things where I have to go up in front of everyone, We want to celebrate with you. If you want to pray to receive Christ or you have prayer, come up here to the front. As we're entering into this time of prayer, listen to God. He's talking to you. I'm going to ask that you would maybe write something down. Whether you have a piece of paper or you just have something in your Bible that God's saying to you, write it down. Maybe it's something that you want to say to God. Maybe it's something you haven't said to God. Like, thank you. Write it down. What would you say to God? Talk to him like you would a friend.
Maybe you need to say, Jesus, I'm thankful for you. Maybe it's, thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for finding me. I was lost. Thank you for carrying me when I couldn't walk myself. Write this stuff down. Maybe you need to write down, I'm sorry, but please forgive me. Maybe you need to be more specific. Specific. Forgive me my mistake, my affair, my lying, my cheating. Forgive me my sin, my past. Forgive me of not spending enough time with you. Maybe it's Jesus, I surrender. I give you control. Help me trust you. Maybe it's please be near. Maybe it's God, please fix my marriage. It's falling apart. Maybe it's just, Jesus, please help. Father, we... We come listening. God, we come... Maybe just saying thank you. Forgive me or help. But Father, we're coming. God, help us to not be selfish people. Help us to be people that sacrifice. Because God, we want to see people come to know you. We want to see people giving their life to you, Father. And Father, after a week of up and downs, Father, I lift up our high school students to you. God, a generation that is Media, society, is throwing everything at them, saying, you deserve it. Take what's yours. Father, I pray that, God, all they, they realize all they need is you. Father, I pray in the next few minutes you would just move, continue speaking to us.